1: I'm Julie Ellenbecker. I am the president of Ellenbecker Investment Group. Ellenbecker Investment Group is located in Pewaukee, just east of Highway 164 and Capitol Drive in the Town Bank Building. We have a second location in the village of Whitefish Bay in the Equitable Bank Building. For those of you familiar with that area, we are Kitty Corner from Winkies and Sendix and would be happy to have you stop in and put a face with a voice you could also check out our webpage at www.ellenbecker.com and of course winters in wisconsin make me want to tell you about our office in bonita springs florida i'm happy to meet, arrange an appointment there as well so uh, as always check out the web page for more details you can also see our newsletters and some of our radio shows and podcasts are available There as well. If you like what you hear today, you can go online and share that podcast with friends and family. My guest today is Susan Hansen. Susan is a partner and business owner with Hansen and Hildebrand, as well as the Family Mediation Center. And we are going to talk about all different things relating to divorce. We're going to talk about traditional divorces um, as well as other ways that people are meeting the uh, obligation of divorce and all different types of approaches to divorce as well as some trends and the role of financial planning in a divorce. So I'll take a quick break and after that I look forward to introducing you to Susan. We'll be right back. (music) Welcome back to Money Sense. I'm Julie Ellenbecker, president of the Ellenbecker Investment Group, and I'm excited to introduce to you someone who I've had the pleasure of working with over the years as well as she has been a guest on Money Sense in the past, and this is Susan Hansen. Welcome, Susan.
0: Thank you, Julie. Thanks for having me.
1: And Susan is a partner and business owner at Hanson & Hildebrand as well as the Family Mediation Center. And we've had an opportunity uh, over the last several years to talk about divorce and and work together on some mutual clients as we've gone through this process and I've learned a lot and there's so much information out there and Sue is just a wonderful um you know person to rely on for that information I'm excited to share with you some of the things that I've been learning about divorce over the last several years and Sue one of the things I think would be important to start with is just There are so many different terms out there and so many different types of divorce. Maybe you could take some time and explain to us some of the different ways that a couple could approach a divorce.
0: I'm happy to. Um, I think that divorce is always a very difficult and emotional decision for any couple. And obviously, the first step is for the couple to determine, are they proceeding with a legal divorce action? Uh, For many couples, that can involve marriage counseling and other interventions. But once they have decided that, in fact their marriage is going to end and a divorce action is going to proceed. The first question that I urge them to consider is, what process do they want to use to navigate the legal process of divorce? And I think for too many, the only question is, do I hire a lawyer get me some referrals, or do I try and do it myself? And I think it's important for couples and individuals to take a moment to reflect on what process do they want to use to go through the challenges of navigating the court system to accomplish their divorce. And there really are four options, and those four options are, first, The traditional option, each person hires a lawyer, the lawyers do the bulk of the negotiation, and if there is a dispute, then the case can be set for a trial or a decision to be made by a judge. So that is a traditional litigation court-based process. Um, That actually has been diminishing in recent years as couples have looked for alternatives to avoid some of the emotional and financial cost that can come with that traditional court-based adversarial process. Um, The process that has evolved is collaborative divorce, and in a collaborative process, each party still has their own lawyer. So they have an individual lawyer as their advocate and advisor, but all four, the two parties and the two lawyers, commit to an out-of-court settlement process. So the lawyers are brought in, but they are brought in as negotiation specialists and problem solvers to help the couple reach an agreement. For some couples, they don't want two lawyers. They are concerned both about cost, about losing control of the process or the outcome, and they want an alternative to a hiring a lawyer for each of them. Um, Many of those couples choose do-it-yourself. The numbers for do-it-yourself or self-represented divorces have continued to rise. And at this point, the state estimate is about 70%. And that crosses over from areas where cost is the reason to areas where it's not just about cost. It is about whether or not that couple thinks they will get value from lawyers or whether they see lawyers as sort of exacerbating conflict or making things worse and running up fees. So the do-it-yourself growth has really flooded the court systems with people printing online forms and trying to navigate a divorce without any help at all. Uh, One of the challenges is we're seeing a lot of decisions and outcomes in do-it-yourself where couples are not really thinking through the impact of what they're doing. Sometimes one of the individuals doesn't really understand the finances. Maybe they checked the boxes to get it done, but they didn't get it done right. And so then they're back in court after their divorce with conflict. So recognizing as a lawyer I'm biased, I do think that if there are any complexities of retirement assets, real estate, businesses, certainly if there are children, uh, that it's important for individuals and couples to get professional help and expertise to navigate a legal process of divorce. What's evolved from that in recent years especially um, is mediation. So for couples today, there is an option that, the expansion of options from our state supreme court supporting mediation it means that couples can hire a single neutral lawyer so i know neutral and lawyer don't go well together but in fact it is a specialized area of expertise in which divorce lawyer steps in working with both parties on behalf of the couple And that divorce lawyer is their guide who helps them navigate the process, drafts and files all their legal documents, and helps assure that they're making well-informed decisions in their final agreement. So the one-lawyer mediation process is an alternative that bridges the gap between do-it-yourself or each party hiring their own lawyer.
1: So when you decide or when you're thinking about getting a divorce, and if you decide to either do it yourself, or do a mediation, and then you recognize or, you know, through the support of your mediator, you realize that this divorce is going to become much more difficult and contentious. Is it easy to change your mind and go from traditional to do-it-yourself to collaborative or to mediation? Or do you really need to do um, homework and, you know, meet with different parties in each of those areas before going forward?
0: It's very important that, to me, that individuals get this information about their process options before they make choices of which professionals they're going to deal with. I think getting education about the pros and cons, about some of the alternatives and what might be a fit for them is an important education step at the outset. If someone goes to a lawyer who only offers traditional litigation court-based services, it's likely they'll end up in that process. Likewise, they can go to a lawyer who is focus is one of the other processes, and they can feel that they're really being urged into a process that fits the lawyer's area of expertise, whereas my concern is that the individuals really find the best process that's a fit for them with their spouse and their family. So I think getting education is key. They can start in a process like mediation and still have consulting individual lawyers they can if it does not move toward agreement the court system's always there so the alternative of litigation is there if people choose mediation and then opt to go to court or if they choose a collaborative settlement process they would have to switch to litigation lawyers to proceed with court. So they can make that switch. I will say it's very rare. People t- who do their homework tend to stay with the process that they co-selected at the outset.
1: So if somebody was going to, as you say, do their homework in advance, which is certainly something if a client approaches me and uh, wants to potentially learn more about divorce options, I suggest that they, you know, talk to a few attorneys, uh, maybe research the Family Mediation Center, and, you know, really try to get as much information. What would you suggest somebody does um, to do their homework on those different types of divorce?
0: I think the input of talking to either... An individual or a number of individuals to hear the range of options is important. Um, We started the Family Mediation Center as a way for couples to get some information from a panel of lawyer mediators who do this work at a somewhat reduced fee basis. So any couple can make an initial appointment for up to two hours with a neutral lawyer mediator through the Family Mediation Center for $250 to get a thorough education. What are the process options? What are your choices? What does the court system look like? What are the documents and information gathering you're going to need? And how will these different process options help you navigate that court process? And the difference is that the lawyer mediator is meeting with the couple together So both parties in a divorce are hearing some neutral education at the outset before they make decisions to either try and navigate on their own or to each hire lawyers and have the lawyers speak for them.
1: So really, to use the Family Mediation Center, the commitment for a couple to make that their first stop is just a $250 fee to really understand what they need to do to move forward.
0: Yes, and the idea is to really give education so that for couples, I think, learning about what these alternatives are and then making a choice. Mediation is certainly not for everyone. There are individuals who need legal advocacy. Um, My main concern is that before a couple decides to just try and do it themselves, I think education is key. I think it's like anything else that it's easy to go online and find check boxes, but the decisions they make in divorce will affect their family, and themselves for the rest of their lives. It will affect their finances and their financial security. And I I do strongly urge that anyone contemplating divorce get some education rather than thinking it's as easy as printing documents and checking
1: boxes. Yeah, I would agree. At Ellen Becker Investment Group, we too always believe that education helps you make those informed decisions and that's of course part of the reason why we have money sense. We want to get education out there to our listeners but also see a huge value in reaching out to partners to try and get that education before making a decision that's going to impact almost every component of your financial future. Now, there are several locations of the Family Mediation Center, and one is in Milwaukee, another in Waukesha, and the third is in Mequon. How would somebody learn more about the Family Mediation Center if they wanted to uh, move forward with that first appointment?
0: There's a wealth of information, actually, online, and that's at www.familymediationcenter.org, so familymediationcenter.org. Our firm website also has process option information, and that's at www.h-hlaw.com, so h-hlaw.com. There's certainly information Know, available about the process options at those locations. And then the option of having the educational session. Uh, many lawyers can provide information. My concern is that someone speak to lawyers who are going to talk about all the process options so that clients can make a well-informed personal choice. Um, they can certainly call Uh, 414-939-6707, which is also on the website, and give some brief information and then have contact from a lawyer mediator to schedule that initial education meeting for the couple.
1: Thank you. Some of the things that I've heard clients say to me in the past when they're going through a divorce and they don't feel that they have a good, strong advocate on their team, I've heard things like, I just wanted to get it over with. Uh, I just, I, I didn't want to spend any more money because I already felt like, you know, I was losing so much. And some of those comments, I think drive a lot of people's decisions in the short term, but those same people have come back and said, I wish I would have taken more time. I wish I would have paid for that expertise because by doing it yourself or by even if you select a team to walk you through it if you don't lift your head out of the sand and look around a little bit there's often regrets at the end the 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 idea of just wanting it to be over doesn't really help anybody through this process so i too really recommend Reaching out and learning more about the process, learning more about your involvement, and learning more about developing a team to help you through this because it's going to, you know, it's a pretty stressful time, regardless of uh, the type of divorce that you go through. So let's take a quick break. I appreciate all that information. And when we come back, let's talk a little bit about the trends that you're seeing with divorce and uh, the different types of divorce, but also the different uh, demographics of divorce. And so we'll take a a quick break and we'll be back in just a few minutes. Welcome back to Money Sense. I'm Julie Ellenbecker, president of the Ellenbecker Investment Group. Ellenbecker Investment Group has three locations. We're in Pewaukee, just east of Highway 164 in Capitol Drive. We have an office in the village of Whitefish Bay, and we are also now able to service clients in Bonita Springs, Florida please check out our webpage at www.ellenbecker.com for details on our locations. You can also tour our locations. And if you'd like to put a face with a voice, you can look at all of the information on the webpage and learn more about myself as well as the Ellen Becker Investment Group team. If you like what you're listening to today, feel free to log on to our website and share this as a podcast we are uh, providing these recordings to people so that they can listen to them again or share them with a friend or family member. My guest today is Susan Hansen, and Susan is a partner and business owner at Hansen & Hildebrand, as well as the Family Mediation Center. We spent the first segment of this radio program talking a little bit about the different types of divorce, the different options that are out there for couples When they decide that they want to proceed with divorce and um, Sue did a great job explaining it. It's a lot of information and hopefully we can continue to dig into um, all of the intricacies that go into determining what type of divorce um, would make sense to, to, to go forward with. One of the things that I'm always interested in is learning about some of the trends that are going on. And I know, Sue, you get a lot of information based on meeting with your clients and all of the studies that you do that talk a little bit about some of the trends in your industry. And maybe you could share some of those with our listeners today.
0: I'm happy to. Um, one of the things that is a trend is that the overall, on a national level, number of divorces has declined. Uh, What's also correct as you go beneath the numbers is that the marriage rate has declined. So to some extent, less divorces is partly due to the fact that fewer couples are choosing to marry. Uh, The actual percentage of divorces for people who marry has remained fairly constant and hovers around 50% and has through the course of my 30-year career. So that trend has not changed substantially, though again uh, we're seeing people who choose to live together rather than marry. Um, The other trend is some increase in prenuptial agreements. Some of the younger couples, not just those who've been married before, but younger couples are contemplating having a discussion and a frank and open conversation about finances and creating some agreements around that to avoid conflict. That type of conversation, whether it results in a formal prenuptial agreement or not, is an important money conversation at the outset of divorce. I understand it's not romantic, um, but if you don't have that discussion before you marry, you are too likely to land in a money discussion as part of your divorce. So we're seeing more openness about the financial discussions and financial planning uh, at the beginning of a marriage. Um, The other thing that is on the Internet is you can Google gray divorce, and you will see that the numbers of couples in their 50s, 60s, and even 70s who are divorcing is the largest growth area in divorce. Um, As people look ahead in terms of their marriage, And their life goals, it tended to be that we saw very few older couples who chose to divorce. We are seeing far more gray divorce and uh, people who are toward the end of a career or earning cycle who are making choices to also end their marriage.
1: So, um, the idea of a gray divorce is interesting to me because you're seeing a trend in it in your industry, and I've seen a trend of it uh, increasing with our clients as well. Why do you think that more people, 50 plus, are making the decision to divorce at this time in their life?
0: That might be a question that some of the marriage counselors could answer better (laughs) than I, but... In talking with uh, individuals or as a potential mediator in talking with couples, I think that people are looking to maximize kind of their choices and the quality of their life. They are less tending to see that the later stages of career mean that they are simply retiring to stay at home. I think we're seeing people who are looking ahead and having a sense of longevity in their life expectancy, higher levels of activity and travel and choices that people are making uh, well into their 70s and even 80s. And so I think that people have a sense that they want to be able to make those choices and make a life plan that goes beyond the decision to work or not work outside the home. Um, It's certainly, the numbers are very high. It's a different demographic. They tend to be uh, people who are reasonably well-educated, who sometimes one or both have an interest in traveling or moving outside of their current residence. And they are often coming in with a real sense of looking at this as financial decision-making and how to achieve financial security or retirement planning, which is a very different question than a lot of the divorce focus, which is more on what occurs immediately at the time of the divorce.
1: So, you know, some of my experience in working with clients in this age group as they're going through a divorce, you know, you're right. They're feeling like they're living longer, Um, they are looking forward to what the next phase of their life is going to be like, and maybe their goals don't align. And one of the other things that I've really recognized is that as we're, you know, younger families raising kids and growing retirement and paying off debt and doing all of those things really keep people very busy, and their purpose is to, you know, raise their children and go through that process. Many of our clients who have who have you know gone through a divorce later in life have said that just that whole purpose thing is really important to them, and they were having a really difficult time identifying what that was after they got closer to retirement or raised their families. So um, this is certainly something that is really important and is is really um, growing. And again, it. I think some of the issues that somebody in their 50s, 60s, and 70s are dealing with in divorce are very different than somebody in their 20s, 30s, and 40s who quite possibly might have young children. So its uh, I I, I suppose you're seeing a a lot more of that in your practice as well.
0: I do see a lot more, and what's interesting to me is That those people in their 50s and 60s and 70s, it isn't that there isn't concern for family, but you're right, it's very different than who will have how much time with young school-age children. Um, And instead, it's a broader family sense, and there'll be discussions about adult children or grandchildren. But in some ways, there is often an almost stronger commitment to wanting to look at what this family is going to look like with the separation and divorce and there's a tendency to see it as restructuring their family versus divorce is the death or end of a family and instead looking at a real planning sense of how will this work how will we handle holidays and events How will we stay connected or not? How will we communicate so that our adult children and grandchildren have a high quality of life and a good definition of family? So it's still a family focus for many of them, but in a different restructuring the family way along with restructuring their finances.
1: Yeah, that's really important to be mindful of. Do you recognize or see any uh, changes in the amount of divorces uh, based on certain times of year?
0: Um, There is, again, the uh, tracking of this by others that makes it very clear. um, In some parts of the the country, there are articles written about January as divorce month. Uh, Certainly what I see and what we've tracked Uh, in our firm, is that the highest number of divorces occur in the first quarter of the year. And I don't think it requires deep research to know that for some it is the holidays are challenging, stressful. For others it is we want to get through the holidays for the sake of our children and put up a positive front for our Family. But now comes January, and we've gotten through that. It's a new year, and whether someone believes in New Year's resolutions or not, it does tend to be a time of some reflection as a new year begins. And for some, it is, okay, it is time now to move ahead. The other thing in Wisconsin is, as we know from our very challenging weather right now, is that weather has an impact. We tend to see less divorces in summer. People just don't want to give time or energy to anything but enjoying the summer when you live in Wisconsin. So there are ebb and flow during the year, uh, a pickup in September and October, and then a decline again as we hit the holidays and the range of both traditional and religious holidays that can encompass November and December. But we are certainly in the peak time of interest in divorce right now.
1: Okay. One of the trends that I recognize in my industry is that financial planners are really spending more time learning about the divorce process and building relationships with attorneys so that they can collaborate um, on that process. There's a designation called Certified Divorce Financial Analyst, and the uh, the letters behind that are CDFA. And the primary role of that type of a professional is to work with an attorney through this process to provide a clear understanding on how the financial decisions made today will impact the uh, clients as as time goes on down the road. And so that's been an interesting, I think, increase in education for our industry uh, because it's really important to work with individuals alongside their attorney or mediator to help them really understand the impact of all of these decisions. It's one thing to know the number. It's another thing to know how that number is going to impact you for the rest of your life. And so let's take a break. And when we return, Susan, we can talk a little bit about the role of a financial planner in divorce, and then hopefully hopefully, leave our listeners with a little bit of information on what they can do to prepare for a divorce, and then what steps to take after a divorce. So with that, we'll be right back. Welcome back to Money Sense. I'm Julie Ellenbecker, president of the Ellenbecker Investment Group. Today, my guest is Susan Hansen, and Susan is a partner and business owner at Hansen & Hildebrand, as well as the Family Mediation Center. We have been spending time talking about different types of divorce and some of the trends that Sue is recognizing in her industry around divorce. Uh, One of the things that I'd like to kind of wrap up this show with is talking about the financial issues of divorce. There are so many issues around divorce and I think Susan and I could talk for days about all the things that we need to be aware of and how to um, you know, handle the divorce as it relates to financial situations, but as well as kids and, and real estate and businesses and all of those things are really important. But I would like, Sue, if you could take a few minutes talking a little bit about what you're seeing and what you recognize as the most important financial issues of a divorce that our listeners need to be aware of?
0: Absolutely. Um, So the basic financial issues that exist are relatively straightforward, and that is, first is property division, which involves gathering information, valuing, and then allocating all assets and debts that have been accumulated. Um, The starting point is an equal division, though there are variations depending on the source of the assets or value of the assets that can be negotiated. So property division is one. The other is spousal support. In Wisconsin, we call it maintenance. The tax code calls it alimony. They are all a form of spousal support. The radical change that happened effective January 1st of this year is that previously spousal maintenance was paid by a higher earner to a lower earner and it was tax deductible to the payor and tax includable or needed to be reported as income by the recipient. That has changed and it is no longer deductible or includable for divorces that are granted after January 1, 2019. So that tax code change is significant, and people need to be aware as they discuss numbers that there has been quite a shift. Uh, There's also been a shift for child tax credit and child dependency as it relates to allocation in a divorce that needs to be addressed. So the main areas are property division, spousal support or maintenance, and then financial issues, child support, expenses, and tax effect as it relates to children. So those are the legal issues. And I think what has evolved is that lawyers, the very best lawyers, in my opinion, work in a more interdisciplinary model. So we work, Julie, with people who have certified divorce financial analyst and other types of designations to help assure that our clients are making the very best informed decisions, not just about the current impact, but as you referenced, what is the future impact? What will it look like two years, five years, ten years, or beyond as far as their financial future?
1: And I think that's where a lot of people become paralyzed through this process because it's difficult to understand uh, what this means in the big picture, especially while you're in a moment of transition. And and so I think it's very important to understand the current financial issues of your divorce, but also to have an advocate, a partner, a financial planner uh, involved in that process so they can help you understand the long-term uh, issues around, you know, the settlement and, and cash flow. I've I've sat down with so many clients who have said, "I want to keep the house uh, because it's really important to me, and that's their driving goal," but not understanding that, you know, there's a lot of pros and a lot of cons to keeping a home. And it it makes sense to look at the entire financial situation. I've had some clients who have wanted to inherit non-retirement accounts versus retirement accounts through this process or protect some assets that they've received from a a loved one. And so there's so many things to take into consideration that without having that advocate and a financial planner helping you through that process – when when there's a married couple making financial decisions, they often spend their time relying on each other, using each other as a sounding board, and making these decisions together. When a couple decides to divorce, it's sometimes their first time ever having to make these financial decisions alone. And so, you know, it works really well when a couple has a financial acumen, whether they have it on their own or they use an advocate to help them with that Through this process, we talk a lot about how to prepare for a divorce. There's a lot of things that an individual needs to think about prior to actually proceeding with the divorce. We talked in the first segment about the importance of learning the different options out there, a traditional divorce versus collaborative, maybe using mediation, all the way to the do-it-yourself divorce. And so we explained a little bit about that What do you think that an individual should do from a financial perspective uh, prior to really making the decision to divorce?
0: I think what's key is to have a very thorough and complete financial information foundation. That includes copies of account statements. It includes understanding that an IRA does not have equivalent value to a bank account, but it's also understanding capital gains and how you value different things as well as what are the options on how you can transfer those. There are ways to do that without tax or penalty in divorce if you know what you're doing. And so I think the key to me is education. I think With some assistance, even if a person has not managed money in their marriage, they are able to understand the financial picture, and they can make well-informed decisions. Divorce is a very emotional time for many people, as you've referenced, what they can be attached to or not. It might be a home. It might be a pension. The role, to me, of professionals, whether they are lawyers or financial professionals, is to really help individuals make well informed, thoughtful decisions. So they aren't doing something with emotional impulsivity that they'll regret later. Uh, but it's also getting educated. And I think what's key from the for me, from the value of the financial planner is when the divorce is done, the lawyer, be it an individual mediator or lawyers for the parties Step out. Their role is completed. But that individual and that couple has to move on through the rest of their life with the outcome of that decision. And a financial planner can help them make better decisions by thinking beyond the divorce before they agree. But they're also there as a resource post divorce to help with the asset management and financial decision making that's going to be a part of their life for the rest of their life.
1: And I think that's, that's a wonderful point. and And that's really where I see the value of working with our clients through the process, helping them prepare for the divorce, helping them um, with anticipating what's going to come up so that they feel convicted and confident. In the decisions that they're making, you know, working really closely through the process to help them understand their budget and cash flow needs. It's very difficult when somebody is going through a divorce and the attorney asks them, well, how much money do you spend each month? And I, I think that the difficult part about that is because they can't visualize what their life is going to be like going forward. And they can tell you what's been spent in the past, but really trying to understand that cash flow is an important piece, understanding their inventory of assets, making sure that they have access and passwords to all the tax returns and all the other information through that process. However, as you stated, the, the after effects of a divorce – can be very complex. Life insurance needs to be addressed. Beneficiaries need to be in most cases changed. Um, You know, cash flow needs to be managed differently. Powers of attorney for health care and finance and estate planning, all of those things that many married couples did together need to be sort of unwound and then recreated with an individual's Goals and objectives. And so, you know, I've really enjoyed working with you over the years and working with clients and together helping them through this process. I think it really proves. To be valuable to have multiple professionals in your court um, as you're going through this, and that includes tax and insurance professionals as well and um, anybody else that can really help this process uh, you know be completed, but then also empower somebody to, to move forward for the rest of um, the rest of their life. So we are running out of time here, Sue. I don't know if you have any uh, last-minute, you know, nugget of information that you think would be helpful for our listeners as we wrap up. Otherwise, share your contact information.
0: Well, I think my primary message in closing is that it's not just about getting your divorce done; it's about getting it done right. And I believe bringing in thoughtful and competent professionals is a way for couples to do that. So I urge people to get the education and choose a good professional process so that they get it done right. And, again, our contact information for the firm is at h-hlaw.com, so www.h-hlaw.com, or for the mediation center, With the cost containment, that process is available at www.familymediationcenter.org. And I look forward and welcome. I offer free telephone information uh, to help you weigh options for next steps. So feel free to call.
1: Thank you very much, Susan. I appreciate that uh, you were able to be my guest today. And for our listeners, don't forget Money Sense airs Saturdays from 2 to 3 and Sundays from 12 to 1. As always, we hope that we have made a difference in your personal and financial well being. And remember, before we plan, before we advise, before we invest, we always listen. Enjoy your day.